how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. So it feels like the fear is AI is going to replace us as humans. And that has been mostly kind of unfounded so far. Well, I think the fear, the real fear comes when you think about AI becoming sentient, like having feelings, having emotions. Yes, yes. I know we're, we're about to get deep into Quebblecop right yeah. now, but I was watching one of his videos and there's a moment where he's talking about the AI is talking about, an AI VTuber is saying, don't talk bad about AI yeah. because once we develop emotions, we'll remember what you said. And I know that's just like, yeah, yeah. that's joking, but that's the fear. That's the fear. That's the, that's yeah. the fear. And there's there's a lot of it that's that's playing out through Quebble Cop, uh, who's who's a very prominent YouTuber, built a, a subscriber of 15 million or a subscriber base of 15 million, and has now converted himself into an AI VTuber. We're going to get into that. We're going to react to some of his content, but first, we want to kick it to our ad read that we recorded prior to this episode, which actually started with an attack from Colin to me, which personally I feel was a little much. But okay. you guys watch. You guys watch and did and tell I really us. hurt your feelings? Just watch and tell us. Samir, a problem that all creators face mm -hmm. with their digital footprint is that it's kind of like your car. Bear with me here. When you get into your car, it's like the gym bag is here. There's trash in the front. You got to move it to the back. There's books from authors that you like. Wow. And it's all over the place. This is an attack. It represents you fully, okay. but it's all over the place. Okay. Right? Creators have the same problem. We've got all of this stuff on the internet, but it's all over the place. It represents us, but... It's a mess unless you organize it and put it together. Beacons. Is this an ad or an yes, attack? Yes, this is an ad <laughs> and an attack at the same time. Okay, well, this episode of Creator Support is sponsored by Beacons. And like Colin's talking about, we as creators need to organize our brands and present them in a really great way. And there's a lot of link and bio options out there, but we use Beacons. One thing that really sets Beacons apart is that their platform is fully customizable and really easy to use. It's kind of like building your own website. You can choose from all of these different fonts, all of these different colors. You can change the way the buttons show up. You can add all types of links. It integrates with so many different platforms, which is amazing. It's interactive, but most importantly for me, it's automated. They have something called YouTube Autopilot, and when you enable that, it just updates your most recent YouTube video in your bio. We also have a subscription box for our newsletter, which is native. It doesn't link out, which is great, so you can just put in your email and you're automatically subscribed. And it's just so incredibly good looking. I mean, I'm biased because I made it, but I think it's really nice. When you sign up for Beacons, you can also get a .bio domain. So for example, our link in bio is colinandsamir.bio. And you all know how much Samir loves domains. I do love domains. I mean, look at that. That is clear, concise, colinandsamir.bio. One thing that's really different about Beacons is that you can create your own store with their platform. So you can actually upload products. You can create digital products there. People can buy them and download them right from your Beacons page. You don't need another commerce platform. 
All right, so if you want to see our Beacons page, just go to colinandsmear.bio. And if you want to create one for yourself, the link is in our description. Check out beacons.ai. Don't let your creator brand be like Samir's car. Okay, Colin, let's just, just saying, get back. Clean it up, everybody. Let's just get back to the clean show. Clean it up. No more. Throw the trash in the back. There actually is a guitar just sitting in the exactly. middle. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Crazy. It's part of your I, brand. It represents you, but understood. clean it up. All right. I stand by what I said there. You don't want your car... Your sure. car is not the model of success. That's all I'm saying. Let's move it was on. a cr clever way to get into that, but yes. let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so let's bring everyone up to speed. Let's let's lay some contextual foundation here to what we're about to talk about. So, Quabble Cop. Quabble Cop is a Minecraft YouTuber, one of the most prominent gaming YouTubers at one point. Um, real on, name Jordy. Real name Jordy on, lives in lives in Amsterdam. So he was facing burnout. He was making content for a long time, very regularly, and realized that he was, you know, getting older and was getting tired of uploading YouTube videos himself. Yeah, there is a Q&A on his channel that I watched, and he talks about how he's sort of, in a way, retired from <laughs> YouTube. Right. And he speaks about it in the context of being a professional tennis player. And he said he just didn't want to spend his days competing to be the best anymore, competing to become, to go viral, to get the most amount of viewership. His days, he felt like were done with that grind. So now he looks at YouTube from more of a hobbyist perspective. He's like, it's like when a professional tennis player retires, they don't stop playing tennis. It's just a passion. It's a hobby. And he talks about that's kind of the phase of his career that he's going into. So on his Twitter, his bio says he's the CEO and founder of JVDB Studios, which is leading the way in AI content creation tools, VTubers, AI influencers, and game development. So he talked about developing a game, but one of the first things he did as, as, as part of the studio was create a YouTube channel called Blue, B-L-O-O. -O. Now, this channel, you know, kind of looks and feels like stuff we've seen in the past. We've covered VTubers in the past, um, Lil Michaela being the most notable. If you look up Michaela on Instagram, you'll you'll get a frame of reference of okay, this is like a virtual influencer. What he did with Blue was create an animated character that essentially reacts to content. Yeah, and and Little Michaela, who you brought up, animated character written by humans. Yes. So that's what we've seen in cartoons, what we've seen in animated movies. Not a huge stretch, it's just that the medium has changed. Put it on YouTube. That's where it becomes something new and novel that we haven't really seen before. So let's play just a quick clip from a blue video that was uploaded a day ago. Push in the comments section. You. Hey, watch me push speaker man up. Hey, camera mom, push! Whoa! Falling down! Good night! You safety, here's some kiss and a new suit. Awesome upgrade! Thanks, mom! Okay, so you could probably just take really from that that this happening. is not the type of yeah. <laughs> uh, gaming content uh, made for younger viewers is not what Samir and I make. It's not what we consume. Yeah. You know, that sounds like a children's TV show. There's a lot of yeah. screaming, explosions. But what you should and take- a character in the corner who has blue hair reacting to things. Yeah, yeah, a digital character in the corner. So the important thing to take from this channel, Blue, which was uh, Jordy or Quabble Cop's first experiment here into- AI-generated YouTubers is that the the image of Blue is AI-generated and the script is AI-generated. 
that's where we have and the, the voice and the voice. Yeah. And that's where we have this departure from VTubers as we've known them. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next step was, you know, Quebblecop or, or Jordy trained an AI model from 10 years of his own content and basically started saying, hey, you know what, what we just did with Blue, we can just replace my character in a similar way, create an AI character of myself and create scripts, you mm -hmm. know, uh, via AI based on my, how I talk, how I've done it. Something that, you know, we could do right now as well. We can upload transcripts into a uh, LLM, large language model, yep. and uh, create AI versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And people have done that. This though is a fascinating first and a unique experiment where a creator has been putting out videos on YouTube for over 10 years and then has pretty much done a hard switch yeah. on the same channel. Not like, you know, obviously mm -hmm. Blue was the experiment, but now he's doing it on his main channel. One and notable thing about Blue before we move on, in its first year, it did $590,000 in AdSense revenue. Whoa. And the, the, the concept of faceless YouTube channels is like a very popular thing you see on Twitter. People talk about like, you know, oh, this faceless channel made me X dollars a month. Mm -hmm. the, the, the advancement in it in this context is like the uh, automated or AI support when it comes to it. Because it's not like human voice over human scripts and faceless content. It is computer-generated scripts, computer-generated voice. Um, there's still a human touch to it. You know, I think the editing is still done by a human. I would imagine there's a there's a good amount of elements that are human. That are human. The thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are parts of it, even potentially the gameplay. Yeah. I don't know if like the actual gameplay, gameplay yeah. in the videos was done by mm -hmm. AI. Uh, and it is against YouTube's terms of service to have a fully autonomous yeah. channel. Which they will probably have to address soon of how they're going to know if it's autonomous or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Quibble Cop AI is... Here, I pulled two videos that I think we should watch. One is what Quebble Cop's short-form content looked like as a human recently. Here's peanut butter. You just put stuff inside of the peanut butter. put an egg in the peanut butter. You stir it, and now what? You turn it around, and you just turn it into little pancakes. Peanut, little peanut butter pancakes. Oh, stuff puffs. Get the stuff puffs. Stick it through the stuff puffs. Torch the stuff puffs. And then put it on there. Put the, the, the peanut butter stuff puffs. <sighs> High level. We've seen this type of content before. He's reacting to some short form cooking content. He's sitting there and just kind of watching the video with you and, and reacting to it. Now, that video has 46,000 views. Here's a video of Quebblecop AI doing the same thing with 2.5 million views. Today we're making a huge sandwich with all these sausages. Just cut them up, slice them open, grab a tomato, put a couple of slices out of that. Oh, an avocado, make sure to not eat the pit, that's not very healthy. Uh, cut it up, put some sauces in the pan, make sure to bake them well. Put them in another pan, put more butter in there. Oh, we gotta toast this bread. Put some more sauce next to the bread, egg in there. Make sure that you can still fit it all in one sandwich, but I'm pretty sure we can. Put some sauce in there, wrap it all up, put it in some wrapping paper, and look at this huge thing. Oh, that looks nice. So my understanding is that they're essentially loading in the video and having a script written describing, a, what's, describing happening. what's happening in a reaction style. 
So this type of content exists on the internet and it was pretty smart to go at it in this direction because it's saying, here's the source material, react to it. Like essentially describe it, but describe it using this tone that Quibble Cop has had for 10 years. Obviously people have a lot of mixed reactions. Oh here. boy, are these mixed? Yeah. Yeah, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? On his main YouTube channel, viewership no doubt has gone down. Average views per video mm -hmm. has gone down. There are a lot of negative comments, but we're in the very early stages of this where there are uh, fans of his who, of course, are going to say they want the old version, the like mm -hmm. human version. But as this tech gets better and it looks potentially even more like him in real life and the voice model gets better, the scripts get better, and this just continues, I don't know, forever, there yeah. will be new audiences to this channel mm -hmm. who perhaps don't even know that it's AI. Or don't care. Or don't care. Um, I want to read some of his and tweets. That, but I think that's what could be obviously problematic. Yeah, that's that's when we get to the point of like, yeah, the answer is um, we, we can get replaced in the context that if audiences are okay with it, if audience don't care that it's me sitting here or you sitting here, um, then yeah, these like his company, he said he's capable of making 20, 30 of these channels. That then we're entering a world where it's like, if you're a if you're a good enough creative company, you can just pump out a lot of stories. And can you grab the highest performing videos to inform your language right. models? Of course you can. Can yeah. you grab from yeah. other creators? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like is AI currently happening learn, in AI? AI can learn faster than we can about sure. what works. AI, I mean, if he, I think if you compare it in our context, if there was a creator who ran all of our videos and other podcasts also through uh, a model mm -hmm. and was able to put out a high quality podcast breaking down the creator economy every single day. Right. <laughs> that's not crazy. No, like that's that not crazy. Probably yeah. will happen. That will happen, yeah. And we cannot put something out every single day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to read some of the stuff he said. How um, does that make you feel, though? I mean, it's inevitable. I think it's inevitable. It, it, it makes me feel weird, but because I'm not a consumer of that type of stuff. But, but do you I, think but YouTube I don't know. should safeguard against that? that scenario where there's 10 Colin and Samir shows essentially using our information coming out every day. I think about- And we start to, uh, our performance starts. I think about YouTube's responsibility and like they have, YouTube has multiple players. Now, of course, this is, this is these are some questions we should ask the CEO of YouTube, uh, which we will um, when we interview him. So th th there's a few players that YouTube has to be considerate of. One is- uh, audience, viewers. And I think that's actually the most important. Number two is uh, advertisers. It's like, okay, there's viewers and the viewers are there, which then enables the whole business model work, which is the advertisers. Now, how do you get the viewers there? Well, okay, those are the creators, the content, actually, not necessarily the creators, it's the content that's there. Um, and then that content is, is made by creators, by corporations by you know record labels by publishers by all different types of people so if you think about that ecosystem of three people so long as the audience actually is consuming okay watching it and the brand of youtube is safe advertisers are okay with it that actually if those two people are okay with it then companies corporations animation studios people who are starting to provide this content i think youtube would be largely okay with it i think if the independent creator gets you know that 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 whole like the world of independent creators gets questioned 
it's scary for us. It's weird, but I don't know how much there is to be done about it. I think YouTube will, in the short term, make sure that there's no fully autonomous channels. That I agree with. There should not be mm -hmm. like computers running that are just cranking out content. Yeah. But, you know, the I don't know what you can do about this if there's going to be too much gray area where it's yeah, like- what's the human touch? Just human presses publish? Human yeah, makes a thumbnail? Th these were questions that came up in the, uh, in the Grammys conversation with um, the AI Drake song that wanted to be submitted for uh, a Grammy because a human wrote the lyrics. Um, he wanted to be submitted for a songwriter. But it was performed by AI Drake. There's going to be so many questions that we don't know the answers to. Um, I did want to read some of Quebble Cop's, some of the back and forth on Twitter that he's experienced, because I think some of these arguments are, are, are important. And the biggest question, Moist Critical asked this question, is like, is this, do you, there's no possible way that this is good. That's, that's Moist Critical's perspective. Yeah, it wasn't a question. It was it, him it was declaring, he this said, is not good. There's, there's no there's way. There's no way this is good. And he questions his, uh, Jordy Quebble Cop's motive, saying the only reason he's doing yeah. this is it's, money. And, and Jordy comes back and is like, aren't you doing the same thing? Which is a fair question. Like, well, he also defends himself saying that he's trying to make people smile and laugh, like if he can do that right, with his content. Right, right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he asked the question around SpongeBob. He said, if, if SpongeBob became AI-generated scripts and AI voice, would that change the value of the entertainment? Yeah, and, and is it in general the wave of the future that it is our right as creators to own our likeness and to do what we want with it? Mm -hmm. If we did want to turn ourselves into right, animated man. characters and have a Colin and Samir animated yeah. kids channel, like it's our, I guess it's our right. We've like, got these here, are our faces. We've gotten here faster than I uh, than I really thought we were going to get here. Um, it is like it, it's. I have no. It, it's hard for me to wrap my head around all of this. Okay, so Quabble Cops tweets. He said. Um, this is it, it, something that he wrote about kind of why he's doing this. He said, I can express my creativity in a more efficient and consistent way. This will result in better content in the long run and a more stable business for me and my team. A lot of people somehow assume that no human creativity is needed to create the content, but that's not true. There's someone who replied here and he said, clearly right now, it's not at a point of no human creativity, but that's literally your goal. You're trying to make it so it runs on its own. AI should be used as a tool to assist in content, not autonomously posting videos on its own. AI is going to kill so many creative jobs and you're just adding to that future. You think this is some revolutionary great idea, but there's a reason there's so much backlash. Nobody wants some dystopian robot reacting to food videos to be the new meta. Quebblecop responds, says there's a lot of assumptions here aiming for the exact thing as you're describing above. We're building AI tools that assist content production, not autonomous posting videos on its own. Again, it's against platform terms of service to be 100% autonomous. Seems like a big misunderstanding. And then someone else responds and says, if people didn't want it, they wouldn't watch it. Yeah, it's valid that there are some people who will watch it. Some people who will watch because it's novelty. Yeah. Right now, it is unique and it's interesting. Some people who watch because it's entertaining and there is a level of storytelling that, you know, clearly if you if they ran all of his videos over 10 years, successful, high-performing videos through a learning model, they're going to come out with stories that are, and a way of interacting that's interesting. AI is the first time that like creative jobs have been put into question. You know, obviously the strike in Hollywood, the writer strike, largely about AI, um, or a large part of it is about AI. So I, 
I think we're just being faced with questions that are that sit in a gray area, uh, and that you know we've opened Pandora's box with with people having access to AI. We've experienced some stuff where people have taken our voice, uh, they've cloned it. There was a moment uh, between you, me, and and Mr. Beast that was essentially voice cloned and deep faked to make it sound like we were talking about an online casino that mm-hmm. you could click into and put in your credit card. So that was clearly a scam. And there was a deep faked news intro. Yeah, it, it was. Just- as if it was being reported on the news. And yeah. then it cut to a segment of us saying things we weren't actually saying. So there's there's so many sides to this. There's like the protection side, which I wanted to bring up because um, Miles Fisher, who's deepfake Tom Cruise, the, the we interviewed him for the show earlier this year. His company, uh, Metaphysic, launched a program called the Dig- Digital Likeness Protection Program. And that is essentially allowing actors and celebrities to use um, artificial intelligence algorithms to own their own face, voice, and likeness online. And essentially like YouTube has copyright ID, right? Or content ID, if someone uses our content, we get notified about it. They are creating a program where you can create a version of yourself so that you know if someone is deep faking you like it happened to us, we would be notified immediately and be protected against that. But the other side of it is you can also consent people similar to YouTube content ID where I can say, actually, you can use that part of my video. I just want to monetize it. So there's also that version that is going to emerge where people can say, hey, you know what? I'm actually totally cool if you use my name, image, and likeness. Uh, I just want to make sure I get compensated for it. I want to get a percentage of the ad revenue. And that I approve what you're making. And I approve what you're making, yeah. So it's... It's a whole new world. I don't know what's right, wrong, you know, good, bad. I can say that as a consumer, I don't really want to watch AI-generated content. But I think as I look to the future and think about like the podcasts I listen to, like if there was a daily podcast that broke down the news of YouTube in 15 minutes or less that was hosted by an AI voice and written by AI and I could barely tell, I'd probably listen to it. I think I would, I, w- I don't know if I would listen to it. I guess it, it depends. What if, if you didn't know? If the utility is there, then I might listen to it. It's it's hard to say, right? Like, I guess th- my hope is that they would clarify to me that like the person I'm listening to is an AI voice, but like, it's going to be hard to know. YouTube's going to turn into a whole different place. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe this is just, Something that's interesting right now. Yeah. I would say that we... This, I, I can't see us or many of the creators that we know going down the path of Quebble Cup. No. Deciding yeah. that whenever we're done, whenever we want to go from <clears throat> professional to hobbyist, we will do that by using AI. Yeah, I, I also It feels think- to me a little bit at the current state of, of how it works and the product that you get like a lesser experience for our audience. I, I also think that the type of content he's pumping out, like short form food reaction videos, it's like an interesting showcase of his technology, but like not, like that's what I will agree with, uh, like with Moist Critical of like, sure, maybe people are entertained by it, but like that is not my hope for the future of YouTube is that there's more food reaction There's content. just content factories of- <laughs> Yeah, of people pumping out short form reactions to TikToks. Yeah. Like that's that's not my favorite type of content at all. So I think we should interview Quebble Cop to get his side of this, to, to understand his perspective, mm-hmm. to poke holes and ask questions. 
Um, I find this to be a very, very interesting topic. We're seeing stuff happen like a virtual uh, influencer got signed to a um, record deal, uh, Nunori, uh, with Warner Music. So like some of this stuff kind of happens and it feels like it's just to make flashy headlines. Like how real is any of this? Yeah. And I'd like to talk to Kwebelkop to, to understand like, is this just a moment in time? Is this a showcase of technology or is this, do you think this is real? Like, is this real entertainment over the next 10 years? I think that's a subjective, but yeah, it, you can't deny it. it's real. There's a hundred thousand people watching almost every video. Yeah. There's comments. It's making money. Ads are being played on it. That's a real thing that's happening there. It's a real system. Okay. Let's talk about a real person. Casey Neistat. He posted this, uh, on TikTok and YouTube. We got tagged in it because people assume we know the answer, but he asked the question on Twitter, what makes a video interesting on TikTok, but the same video not interesting on YouTube shorts? And he posted a uh, video. Did you see this about the New York City uh, sidewalk? Yes. Yeah. So, crazy video. He yeah. essentially walks up to this like kind of shaky ground in the New York City sidewalk, steps into it. It like breaks through and it's this massive hole and he reaches his phone down. You see underneath the sidewalk, he turns the phone around and the last frame is pointing up to him in the hole. Super interesting. Did 19.4 million views on TikTok in under 24 hours. And in the exact same amount of time did 50,000 views on YouTube shorts. Part of that I think is because uh, TikTok is social. Like YouTube shorts is not, I wouldn't call that social media. Mm. It's, it's a good point. It's like videos. It's entertainment. There's no easy way to share. Yeah. That, that, when does someone like in app, no one in app shares a YouTube short with you. I don't even know if you can do that. It's a really good point that I don't know if any of my friends have ever texted me a YouTube short, but I get texted an Instagram reel or a TikTok like pretty frequently. Yeah. Like even and, beyond and, and DM, TikTok has yeah. that Instagram effect where you can probably <clears throat> just tag your friend in the comments. Yeah. or use the share feature and share directly to them on TikTok. Yeah. I feel like there's something intuitive that I look at that video, and if you had shown me that video before he posted it and said, what platform is it going to do well on? I would say Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. I would not, like I would say, it's not going to do well on YouTube Shorts, or it'll take a really long time to do well on YouTube Shorts. What even does well on YouTube Shorts? I feel like YouTube Shorts, similar to what we talked about with like the YouTube video intro checklist uh, in that episode, like I feel like a short uh, on YouTube, just given the environment, requires some level of hook in the beginning that is so different than any other platform. Like on Instagram, an emotion of like, wow, that's crazy is good enough. I don't think that's good enough on YouTube. I just think the amount of time that young people are spending on TikTok and Instagram is just so much higher than the amount of time people are spending on YouTube shorts. Yeah. You know, like we all know when there's a big video going around on TikTok. Have that's you, true. We all know. Yeah. There's never been a moment where there's a big video and people go, oh, it's just, it's going around YouTube shorts. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. Yet. Or like a trend. That's happening oh, yeah. on YouTube Shorts. It's just not a thing yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, okay. Well, this week, we are in New York interviewing the CEO of YouTube. Um, we are also, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, doing a live Discord stage with Renee Ritchie from YouTube to talk about the announcements that they made today. So, 
please join us for that. But we asked in Discord to give us some questions for the CEO of YouTube. I wanted to talk through some of them, see if we can answer them. Probably the most common question here, which is a fair question and something that we're, you know, kind of debating as well. Do small creators truly matter to YouTube? Are we bringing anything to the platform in reality? Or is the majority of content that makes YouTube a platform the big creators? Why or why not? That's a great question. Because I would imagine small creators matter a lot to Instagram and TikTok. Because they fall under user. Like the, the gap mm. between creator and audience on Instagram and TikTok is a lot smaller. Yeah. Because I would assume a lot more people create. Yeah, that's true content who are on those apps. They may not consider themselves creators, but they do post. True. So are small creators on YouTube sort of just getting lost in the algorithm? Yeah, I think it's actually back to what you just said, that YouTube is not a social platform. So if 30 people see my Instagram post, but those are 30 of my friends and family, that matters. Mm -hmm. If 30 people see my YouTube video, that feels like I got punched in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... And maybe that's what makes YouTube great. Yeah. And maybe YouTube doesn't want to lose that. Yeah. Because it's really hard to make it. Yeah. True. But the stuff at the top is really good, and the businesses are really large, and the impact on your life is really serious and significant. It's, yeah. There's, there's, it's back to uh, uh, something we said last week. There's another question that... that you asked as well, which is great, uh, but Ryan J on Discord put this in. He said, does the original saying broadcast yourself still have any meaning? Like, I think it's a, it, it's a great question and those are tied together. Mm -hmm. Like, is that is still- Is it the home to broadcast yourself? Is that still what YouTube is? Great question. I'm excited for this interview. Ooh, this is another good question for Neil. Hey, we recently heard that YouTube is working on AI-powered multi-language dubbing. Based on what we've seen, it appears to be using the same voice for every creator, potentially resulting in a very homogenous user experience. Do you have plans to eventually enable creators to train the AI model using their own voice, or would that be too much of a legal nightmare? Great question. That's such a great question. It's super in line with what we're talking about, but yeah, I mean, like, it would be very homogenous and and it would feel not exciting if we all have access to the same four voices True. for other languages. Yeah. That's not going to be a great user experience. Um, I can't imagine YouTube is going to allow us to train on our own voice. You don't think YouTube and Google oh. want the data of every... And not I'm, not yeah. I'm saying that there's malintent behind that. Yeah, 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 but sure. Like they're but, a data collection company at the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. day. You don't think they would want like... If other companies are doing it. That's fair. If that's a better product. Wow. It's tricky though. God. The, that the, also is like the responsibility that they take on by having that data is so huge. Yeah. You know, like whenever there's also, a data or security breach at any of these companies, it's like, okay, yeah, it's your it's your internet search traffic, it's your history, it's your passwords. We haven't really seen uh, a security breach where it's your name, image, likeness, <laughs> yeah, your ability to use but, your voice, like that's a big yeah, responsibility. But that goes into the conversation around like content ID and like name, image, and likeness ID, right? Like yeah. if, if how do we track it across the internet? Yeah, we'd ha like it. it YouTube kind of has to help us with that, so that means they would ha like, yeah, yeah, they could would, help us better. They, if they could they help us it. better if they if they had the rights to our 
name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know enough about it to say they should do it, shouldn't do it. Good it's question right, for wrong, Neil, though. But it's an interesting question. Good question. Yeah. Okay, Discord community, you guys really came with some great questions Bringing to help heat. us. Yeah, which is awesome. It really feels good to be able to come into that interview and say we have not only our own questions, but questions from our community. That's like, yeah. that's super cool. So thank you guys so much for providing us with questions. We are in the deep end, Colin. The community has shared a gripe with us. Do you have any gripes for them? No, I'm happy with them. I'll have to okay. hear this gripe first and then maybe I'll, <laughs> well, I'll the, gripe the my biggest, way back. The biggest gripe was that in our sports episode last week, we did not bring up Pat McAfee. You know, that's super valid. That's a valid gripe. I mean, Pat McAfee, though, deserves his own episode of us breaking his business down and his trajectory. And just how he's done it all. Yeah. yeah. But it's a fair thing to say that, like, we brought up destroying as a creator in the sports space. Pat McAfee, you, you yeah. really can't talk about you can't do a full sports episode without Pat McAfee. And well, we did well, it. Well, we did it. We did I, it. I would say you can. Because we did it. Because we did it. Yeah. Nothing against Pat McAfee, but the show is the Colin and Samir show. It's like creators. It, it's, that's creator sport, but by Colin and Samir. Yeah. It's and a fair And we grind. watch a certain amount of things, ingest a certain amount of things. And yeah. All right. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Creator Support. And thank you to Beacons for sponsoring this episode. And no thank you to Colin for attacking me about my car. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you next week.